me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to talk nonstop about Goldfinger because that is our episode for today. Welcome to You'll Only Listen Twice, our Bond review podcast. We are on episode four of this series covering all the James Bond films, both official and unofficial. And today we're covering the third Bond movie. Goldfinger. I'm Jake. I'm Troy. And I'm Jan. I've always been here. Jan has always been here. He's been here from the beginning. He's been here before either of us, actually. I think we started this podcast when we found Jan recording alone in his room about Matt Helm. And we're like, why don't you do James Bond? And Jan was like, might as well. I mean, I I, I kind of like James Bond mildly. So I'll talk for two hours about every single movie. Good. And when we say his room, we mean, of course, his tent on the side of the 405 freeway. Hey, it's bigger than where I live. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, no. I live in a box. Uh, COVID was hard times. What's what's that? It's still going strong. Oh, that, yeah, that's right. Uh, I, I hope we, we ever get out of our house. I mean, my tent. If we get a vaccine, I'm just going outside. I'll never look at a computer screen again. <laughs> And that uh, will be the day we end this podcast, but it is still 2020, right? Or 2023. I, I don't know. Are we are we still doing this bit? Uh, Producer Paul here. Maybe we need to weigh in and figure out if we're doing this bit. Bit? <laughs> what bit? What bit? Wait, guys. I, I What? That That's I, a weird bit, Jake, pretending that it's three years in the future. Yeah, I don't, I don't quite get it. I thought we had a pitch meeting about this. Excellent. <laughs> Anyways, James Bond. I'm so glad. So now we are talking about what is considered by many, including myself, to be the first definitive all ingredients included James Bond film. We've had two films before and one television film that dabbled in doing a Bond movie. But now everything has fallen into place, and it is the movie that every single James Bond movie tries to live up to. Jan, so last time you described the plot of uh, For Much With Love, and you did it so eloquently, can you describe the plot of Goldfinger? Well, this one's kind of easy, but it's Woo! weird. And that's the strength of this movie, is that it doesn't tangle itself in too much bullshit. It just goes directly for this thing. So, James Bond is uh, vacationing in Miami Beach. I think he's just there on vacation on his own, right? Well, why is he there in the first place? M paid for the hotel room. M did pay for the hotel room, and he's there because in the pre-title sequence... He put a seagull on his head, and he blew up a plant making heroin-flavored bananas. But at least he won't be using heroin-flavored bananas to finance revolutions. We have our first proper pre-title sequence. Which has James Bond in it. The last pre-title sequence did not have James Bond in it. No, it's a guy dressed as James Bond. This is James Bond. He's doing absolute nonsense. He has a seagull on his head. He blows some shit up. He takes this wetsuit off. He has a white tuxedo under there, completely dry. Then he goes uh, bang some chick. Uh, The chick uh, betrays him. A guy goes to stab him. He uses the chick as a human shield. uh, Throws a one-liner. Shocking. Positively shocking. Cue credits. This is James Bond, baby. 
this is what we've been waiting for. And then he's vacationing in Miami Beach. Jan, I'd like to correct you on those because the comments section is going to be filled with a bunch of people going like, he doesn't bang her. He just like kisses her for a little bit. And the guy does not wield a knife trying to stab him. He has a club. Okay, he tries to do some sex thing with a lady, and a guy tries to kill him. Is that better? Much better. Because you'll thank me later for the ones of comments that will correct you. Okay, to our five subscribers, um, if I say anything wrong, please uh, get out of your mother's basement and try to do something else, because I'm not going to get... These movies are very confusing and old and weird i'll have you know jan i don't live in my mother's basement i live in a box uh to the other five subscribers what why won't you date me what's the problem is it me is it you get a grip date troy he's a nice guy yeah i wouldn't go that far uh so james bond is in miami beach felix slider shows up now played by by an old man uh (laughs) he loves kentucky fried chicken he loves Kentucky Fried Chicken, and James Bond is getting oiled by some babe. Dink. 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 Say hello to Dink. Hi, Dink. And, and he's like, go go do something else, Dink. And Felix Leiter is like, James Bond, do you see that weird fat man over there? James Bond's like, yeah. He's, uh, Felix goes, well, uh, he's uh, like a gold smuggler, and we think he's cheating at cards. So why don't you take a look at that? James Bond's like, okay. So he goes up to Goldfinger's room, uh, and there's a babe there uh, that's like with a with some telescopes, uh, looking at the cards, and she's cheating for Goldfinger. And then James Bond's like, "No, no, no, enough of that shit." And then he blackmails Goldfinger. He's like, "You gotta lose now." And the babe is like, "Okay, she doesn't really protest all that much." They bang. Goldfinger has this guy working for him. Odd job. He has a hat. He knocks James Bond out. Covers the lady in paint. Kills her. She dies of skin suffocation. She died of skin suffocation. It's been known to happen to cabaret dancers. Somehow, I still don't quite understand how that It works. doesn't exist. That's not how the human body works. You don't die of skin suffocation. But they did think it was real at the time, so apparently they had to leave a bare patch on her stomach because yes. they legit thought they were going to, <laughs> to kill her. <laughs> I remember someone like told me, a family friend was like, did you know that the lady who played Goldfinger died? <laughs> When she got gold painted on her. And I'm like, no, she didn't. <laughs> like the Tin Man. Uh, yes, it makes no sense. But it is probably... Th- th- that and the laser scene in this movie are probably the two most iconic shots in the entire series. In in action cinema in general, I would argue, those are like the... Well, the, the, the laser scene in particular is like the one thing that's like ripped off and every single sort of uh, James Bond parody or knockoff. Hank Scorpio in The Simpsons. Uh, yeah, Hank Scorpio. Yeah. You know, whenever I watch that scene, I always have this Mandela effect in my brain of the Hank Scorpio scene, and I think that James Bond is going to get out of it by pulling a coin out of his pocket and, like, throwing it at the laser. <laughs> And then Homer's gonna tackle him. <laughs> Stop him! He's supposed to die! God! Nice work, Homer! Thank you. But anyway, so that happens. 
James Bond goes back uh, to London and he meets with M. And M is like, okay, this guy Goldfinger is really shady. We He's up to something. We want to know how he's smuggling his gold. So go play golf with him. And so James Bond goes to play golf with the main villain. And the main villain's like, yeah, okay. It's Nazi <laughs> gold. Yeah, he lures him with Nazi gold. And then he does like a switcheroo where like um, Goldfinger where, like, really ticks over her. So this thing he, called uh, Operation like, Grand Slam. Time time interfere at with first sounds just Bob, like a trip to Jenny. Then but James Bond you realize it's actually kind of a, and, uh, an ingenious plan. What gold member wants to do is... That's pretty much the gist of Goldfinger. And the funny thing about it is that James Bond is a prisoner for most of it. Pretty much. It's funny because, well, I haven't gotten to Goldfinger the novel yet in my literary James Bond escapades, but I do know that they they made a huge change from the book to the screen. And like, for the most part, I think the, the movie, I, from what I've heard, it follows it pretty well. But one of the changes they made is that like, instead of a laser, it was a, it was a saw that was going to cut James Bond in half. At the groin. A laser is much cooler. Laser is much cooler. According to Wikipedia, this could be a lie, but according to Wikipedia, when Ian Fleming wrote Goldfinger, like, lasers didn't exist? (laughs) Like, Uh, just a few years earlier. Well, and what is it? Well, the book was published in 1959, I think. So, when was the laser invented? I guess I should have, I I didn't do my due diligence, but Wikipedia Paul, you're fired. You're a terrible producer. Just kidding, you're unfired. Come. This is typical. Jesus typical. Christ. Can't, you can't hire good help around here. So it, it is science fiction. <laughs> Even more, not just the not just the fact that it's um, lighting things on fire, but well, they were the fact s- that there is a big laser is science fiction. <laughs> uh, apparently, they tried using a laser on set. It was a real laser. They almost sawed Connery's junk off. He was very upset. No, well, they tried using a real laser on set, but... Oh, yeah, that's right. When they were lighting the scene, you couldn't see it. The camera couldn't pick it up, so then they had to do an optical effect later. And then I think they had, like, some sort of, like, soldering iron at the bottom that would... Uh, like a blowtorch. Like, yeah, or the blowtorch, like yeah. Or a blowtorch, like, go up to Connery's junk. And there were, like, a couple close calls where... Connery's balls almost lit on fire. He was very upset. He was yeah. very upset, yes. It's a genuinely tense scene, I gotta say. Oh yeah, it really worked. Well, but here's the weird thing, like, from book to screen. So, in the book, Bond stops Goldfinger by going, like, I will be your secretary. And Goldfinger is like, okay, I need a secretary. And then just <laughs> hires Bond. And so, naturally, when they're adapting it, they're like, this is the stupidest, laziest shit I've ever seen. And so they make it ten times better, which, like, strengthens uh, the animosity between Goldfinger and Bond of just Bond bluffing his way out of it and just getting the best of Goldfinger going like, I know about Operation Grand Slam. No, you don't. Are you willing to take that chance? Okay, fine. 
you're going to be the prisoner like throughout the entire thing. And it just, that little change is, ah, it's, it's, it's marvelous. That's, that's kind of what I like about this movie is that James Bond is just chilling in this one. <laughs> this is his most, uh, this is his most, I think I saw someone online say this was his most Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones-esque movie where he doesn't really do anything to impact the plot. He's just kind of carried away by everything. And he's like, where yeah. am I? I'm a person. But even Indiana Jones, I feel like in Raiders is doing more like <laughs> actiony things. In this one, it's almost like, you know, he already went against Spectre uh, and Dr. No, you know, this organization that's hell bent on ruling the world. This feels like a B assignment to him. Like, oh, this fucking guy just <laughs> wants to get rich. Uh, please do something about it, James Bond, because all of our other double O agents are busy, you know? And he's like, sure. He gets captured and he kind of knows that uh, he's got the upper hand somehow the entire time. So he's just like, yeah, let, let, whatever. I'll just, I'll, I'll bang the sidekick. I'll chill in my room. I'll enjoy Kentucky, you know? Well, <laughs> he does nothing until the end. That's kind of the weird part about this movie as well is like, yeah, he has this chill attitude, but he's in like the middle of a revenge movie where like this whole family is like getting wiped out. The whole Masterson sisters are like getting wiped out in front of him. And he's like, oh, no, not that whole family. All right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's very chill about it. But uh, yeah, we should definitely I only on this viewing did it really hit me that like the ending is like the whole like actual executing the plan is just a comedy of errors like when you actually like think about you know bond's big heroic moment is killing odd job which has absolutely nothing no. to do with the success or failure His right big heroic moment is having sex with pussy galore the henchman yes. the goldfinger because that gets her yes. to turn to the american side and replace the nerve gas We'll, we'll talk more about that scene later. It's yeah, I, I'm sure controversial, we to say the least. Controversial, but... Yes. Yes. Uh, but no, Connery's Bond in this movie, I, I always thought this is where, like, he stopped caring, but watching it again, he is still having fun with the role here, and I really, like, he's bringing a lot of enthusiasm. He's He feels like he's sadder about... He, he does feel like he's sadder about the Masterson sisters when they die than anything to do with uh, Tatiana. And God, the moment the moment that really stuck out to me was in the jail cell when he's held prisoner. And like, he's just playing with the guard like, you, I'm going down the stairs. I'm like, ah, he's still having fun. This is his best Bond performance, in my opinion. It's I kind of, I mean, his performance and everything else is like just turned up a notch from 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 Russia with Love, yeah. right? Like in yeah. terms of and like goofiness I said, he, and everything. Yeah, he's just being goofy. He's just having fun. <laughs> like the and, the one liners are uh, quadrupled in this, and then you have this lovely scene in there where like his es escape plan from his prison cell is that he just looks at one of the guards just smiles at him and then like <laughs> goes down <laughs> yeah and then he's in the ceiling it's great and then he's in the ceiling and and there's just such joy in his eyes as he's doing that you know i i really love this thing and, yeah and he really like like i think you said troy last episode that like in from russia with love he's like acting like a schoolboy, like tossing his hat and it's like even more so here with like m as like the headmaster you know okay so i thought about this so like 
Bond's trademark thing is he's tossing the hat right. But in this movie, he doesn't toss the hat. Money Penny tosses the hat to make fun of him. And then Odd Job tosses the hat to kill people. So you're already seeing James Bond's psyche, like, reflected back at him. Because he's the toss the hat guy. But now he's met his match, a, a butler who can oh. toss the hat even better. And it's like the the beginning of the end of Bond's trademark hat because they really tried to make that a thing. In at least in Doctor No and From Rush with Love, it's like, oh yeah, Bond, he has a hat too. He has it in the gun barrel and everything. I mean, he still has it in Thunderball. You only live twice. Under yeah. Magic Secret Service and Diamonds Are Forever. But it's kind of like. Who cares about the hat, really, this time? They can't. They don't want to mess up that uh, that toupee. <laughs> no, they don't, they don't. You think James Bond couldn't throw the hat anymore because every time he threw the hat, he saw Tilly Masterson's neck snapping. <laughs> <laughs> every time he He's, throw he has a phobia. <laughs> Bond has a phobia. <laughs> He's just like I never wear hats. Not since. <laughs> Not since Kentucky. <laughs> no, it's Switzerland. Oh yeah, Switzerland is where because. This movie, and this is always remarked on, the woman, uh, Jill Masterson, who gets painted in gold, Bond's temporary girlfriend, uh, she gets painted in gold, and the movie sets up a revenge plot with her sister, Tilly Masterson, coming to kill Goldfinger, and it looks for a second like her and Bond are going to team up, and that's going to be the story of the movie, and then, uh, no, no, it is not the story of the movie. Oddjob just kills her and we move on. Well, it's, yeah, weird. it's very weird. Well, watching this again, it's like it it's weird how M brings up this is a personal vendetta. It's not really a vendetta against Jill Masterson, really. It's because Bond is so appalled by Goldfinger because he's just like the most repugnant, petty asshole with like no banner. Watching it one time, uh, was it just like he he has a one-liner about when he uh, goes to the Kentucky stud farm and he's just like... Lovely animal, isn't she? Certainly better bred than the owner. He just hates him for being crass. <laughs> he he yeah. just hates him because he is like just this buffoon, basically. He's not a gentleman. Yep. He's not suave. When, when uh, Goldfinger is at the golf course, he dresses like my dad. Um, <laughs> he dresses like everyone's dad, Jan. Yeah. There's a... There's a really weird point. They go out of their way to say that Goldfinger is British. He's British, but he doesn't sound like it. Even though he is played by a German and dubbed by an Englishman doing a German accent. And I don't know why they specify he's British. My wife mentioned that. She was like, <laughs> what the hell? It's like, this guy's a British. No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, Yorkshire. That's a Yorkshire accent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know who the actor who plays Goldfinger's voice, you know what his name is? It's Michael Collins. Oh, my, oh God. my God. Cue the Irish pride music. <laughs> Not only did he give Ireland its freedom and help Neil Armstrong go to the moon, Michael Collins also voiced Goldfinger. What a life. So he probably just refused to do an English accent. Yeah, probably. Very much so how Sean Connery <laughs> refused to do an English accent by the time of Diamonds Have Forever. Well, Connery is an Irish last name, I found out. <laughs> well, here's the thing. You could actually hear Gert Frobe's voice in the trailer very, very briefly. Yeah. 
when uh, it goes to the laser scene, you can hear him go like, Choose your next witticism carefully, Mr. Bond. It may be your last. And you hear it how Gert Frobe, and Gert Frobe actually sounded good in that scene, but according to everybody, including Guy Hamilton, Honor Blackman, he could barely speak English. Uh, Guy Hamilton said, like the f- first time I met him, he, his agent told me that he could speak English. And then I met him. He was like, how do you do? He's like, fine. How are you? I'm good. And then proceeded to speak gibberish. And then Honor Blackman was like, yeah, we were doing a scene and uh, he sounded like. And then I had to wait for him. To maybe, he, maybe he was having a stroke. <laughs> it's possible. You know what I found out that was I was a little surprised to find this out about Gert Frobe. Uh, he was a Nazi, but he was like a Schindler Nazi in that he used being a Nazi to like save a bunch of Jewish people in the Holocaust. Oh, there was some Wikipedia blurb about like Israel banned the movie until somebody pointed that out. <laughs> yes, they were like, he's a Nazi. And then they were like, no, he's a hero. And they're like, what? Everyone conveniently became a Schindler Nazi after World War II is all I'll say. Yeah. I, I have people in my basement. Does that make me a Schindler Nazi? Well, Jan, only you can answer that for yourself. To our listeners at home, I'm I'm Jewish. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I can't riff on this any further. I've reached the end of that joke. Anyways, back to Goldfinger. He back is, to Goldfinger. He's the first really good James Bond villain, just because of how strange... That's the thing with this movie. Everything in this movie makes it the best one so far. But a lot of people say, oh, it's because it, it does it the best. I think, no, it's because it does it the weirdest. Like, Goldfinger <laughs> is just a strange man, <laughs> you know? But like, he's so smart. After Rosa Klebb just seemed like a moron, Dr. No just hit underwater for a really long time, Goldfinger's always with you. He's always up to some shenanigans. Yeah, well, I agree with that. He's, he is, he's definitely more, like, composed and, and put together than... Rosa Klebb or whoever, but like, except in the end where he becomes Mussolini. <laughs> well, that, you gotta work your way up to Mussolini. The people who really uh, heavily utilize planes are like, I'm going to shoot through the plane, <laughs> you know, and with his uh, golden gun. With his go- with golden gun, we love gold. Bond yeah. loves gold. But I also say that, like, it's interesting that I guess we we I think we also mentioned like they. You know, obviously they're very confidently getting into the James Bond will return thing, uh, which of course has our modern equivalent in the Marvel films. Kevin yeah. Feige, uh, clearly a fan, but I think you oh, also yeah. see that. And in... Oppenheimer. Oh yeah. In No Time to Die, I bet. I'm sure. I'm sure. Albert Einstein will return. Einstein will return. He will oh, return. Oh, that would be great. I'd love to see Einstein get up to antic. The end, but but Albert Einstein will return in theory of relativity. Ooh, Ooh. get hyped! But yeah, I feel like it's 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 weird in the yeah. Like I think it it to me it rang like almost a little bit Marvel esque, like in the in the earlier parts of like the cheating cards and the golf and like how Bond's just kind of like clowning on him like immediately. That's yeah. why that's one of the things that I think is also interesting and strange in this movie that like. Not only do we go from like, you know, more of a traditional kind of cold open tease like you get in from Russia with love to just like it's a mini adventure 
right? Yeah. Like you get yeah, everything yeah. in before the titles roll, right? You get the Halloween uh, flavored bananas. Halloween flavored bananas. You get a little bit of everything, right? It's the whole yeah. package. And but then the actual story starts, and there immediately all the key characters are there, basically, right? You know, yeah. well, the interacting. key male characters. Yeah, it's, it's very economical the way it's sold in a way that the previous two are not. Yeah, <laughs> the previous two are like free-ranging, wandering everywhere. But this movie is about the hatred between a skinny, balding Scottish man and a fat, clearly German, but not businessman named after an architect that Ian Fleming hated. Yes. But I, I just I just love uh, Goldfinger's relationship with Bond in this, you know? I oh, love yeah, they're how, great. Yeah. I love how they're prisoners, but, like, then he's like, oh, I showed a guest where I had got. Like, he's, he's kind of polite. He, like, invites him over to iced tea. <laughs> like, he's not really supervising him all that much. Except when they put, like, five guards in his room. <laughs> like, after he takes it, when he does the, yeah. the, the elevator trick to fool the other guard. And all his guards are Asian. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he's in league with China. China he's, is, like, yeah. enabling this man. <laughs> oh, and the scientist is played by none other than Burt Kwok, who played yes. Kato in the Pink Panther movies. Yeah. Oh. Mm. A United Artist crossover. So there was a Burt and a Gert on this set? Burt and Gert. Burt and And they were teaming up. Yeah. Damn. It's a movie about a couple of Gerts and Burt's. I was going to say, it was a little sad. Go Gert. Um, <laughs> Go Gert. <laughs> Yogurt's the yogurt you squeeze and slurp, grab and glurp. That's what that's what Guy Hamilton said every time. <laughs> Go-Gurt. Instead of saying action. Go-Gurt. Go-Gurt. Grab and glurp. It was a little sad to be like, I tried to watch Remo Williams' The Adventures Begins, which is one of Guy Hamilton's later films, and he cast Joel Grey as like an Asian karate master. And then I watched this movie, and there's no yellow face, and I'm like, oh no, he went backwards. Guy, no. That was in the 80s, that movie, right? Wait, are you disappointed that there's no yellow face in this movie? I'm disappointed there's yellow face in Remo Williams' The Adventures Begins. Also, that Remo Williams is kind of slow. I need to watch it again. It's a very slow film. It's not Goldfinger. Oh, okay. Well, that was supposed to be a Bond-esque series, too. Yeah, it was. Guy Hamilton is a strange man. Let's actually, let's talk a little bit about uh, Guy Hamilton uh, taking the reins from Howard uh, Terrence Young. Yes. He's so interesting. Guy Hamilton was a British director. He, he was the first guy they're bringing in from the outside. He made a movie that's great. I don't know. Have you guys ever seen The Devil's Disciple from like 1958? I have no. not. It is a rev it is a great. It's an adaption of a Shaw play and it stars Burt Lancaster, Kirk Douglas, and Laurence Olivier as gentleman Johnny Burgoyne. And it's all about this minister who doesn't want to support the revolutionary war in America because he is too peaceful. And then you have Kirk Douglas who's a frontiersman who doesn't want to support the revolution because he's too cynical. And then they're both in love with the minister's wife. And then they just play games on the British and Guy Hamilton does little stop motion puppet battles to show that the revolution's happening. Very tongue in cheek, very fun action. And I highly recommend it. So I can see why they picked him. He was part of the Royal Navy as well. Oh, like James Bond. Like Mr. Commander Bond himself. So he knew his shit. He was going to direct, wait for it. Superman. I, I buy was that. He? he he was mm. supposed to direct Superman because he he did Goldfinger. 
He did Live and Let Die and Ooh. The Man with the Golden <laughs> And the man with the golden gun. So everybody, they're like, well, he already brought this poppy character. He basically invented the spy genre. That's what we need for Superman. And he was going to direct it. He was this close to doing it. But then they cast Marlon Brando and uh, they were going to shoot it in Italy. And Marlon Brando's like, I I can't go to Italy. Why? I have a warrant for my arrest. (laughs) Because he made Last Tango. Yeah, because of Last Tango in Paris. And then they're like, fuck it, we're going to go to Pinewood Studios, 007's home studio. And Guy Hamilton's like, I can't shoot in England. Why? I'm a tax exile. (laughs) And so they fired Guy Hamilton, and that is how we got Richard Donner to direct Superman. There's an irony to the James Bond franchise that's all about protecting queen and country, but I think every high-profile person in it can't go to England for being a dad. Yeah, everyone is a tax exile. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, what I like about uh, Guy Hamilton, like I've said before, is... You know, uh, Terrence Young uh, is uh, treating this uh, semi-seriously. Uh, you know, you, he's doing the evil layers. He's doing uh, the goofy villains and all that stuff. Right. Uh, but in the end, like from Russia with Love, it is like a legitimate like spy thriller. You know, you bring in yeah. Guy Hamilton, a guy who was actually in the Royal Navy. He looks at James Bond and he's like, this shit is fucking like what is this? This is stupid. This is yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so the first image that he introduces of his bond, he's wearing a a bird on his head. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Right. That is that is a quite a statement. Like first shot. Yeah. Right. Yes. And then he gives us you know the gadgets. He gives us the memorable villain. He gives us his banter with Q, you know, all yeah. these things that became stable. Gives us the Bond girls. He gives us pussy galore. Pussy galore. And, and she has a, a fucking, uh, what do you call Well, a flying circus, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it's pussy galore is flying uh, circus. It's very goofy, but we haven't reached the Roger Moore yeah. camp yet where it's just full, like, nonsense. And it's Guy Hamilton going, I think this is a joke. So I'm just going to treat it with a joke without anyone really noticing. But I'm going to do really weird things like put everyone in an empty room around a table and just keep pulling the camera back for no apparent reason. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's filled with stuff that you're like, what? That Not even while you're watching it, just when you think about it afterwards. <laughs> like when uh, Goldfinger turns his like pool table or whatever and there's like a little... There's a model of Fort Knox. Yeah. Yeah. And James Bond is in the model James with his Bond, eye. You can see through the models. It's like a fever dream. It's like, what is the, what was this guy smoking? But you, it's, you see under the model, and like only that part of it is cut out for somebody to like look through. Right. <laughs> it's probably one of the funniest shots in the entire series. How it zooms in, and there's like a pair of eyes looking through four knocks. Well, it's that focus. like it's like that cartoon logic, but for some reason, like. Because it's weird with Guy Hamilton, because in my opinion, I think this is like his only time where his antics succeeded. Yes, because they tried to bring him back. Diamonds Diamonds are are Forever. forever. Yeah, because I forgot. He also did Diamonds are Forever. To sort of recapture the magic of this. And he couldn't do it. It was like... He went too silly. There's something about Goldfinger where, again, to bring up... uh, 
uh, Richard Donner Superman, there is a verisimilitude where you just accept that all of these cartoon things happen. And it it's so effective at that, that it basically like even though Dr. No and From Rush With Love already came out, it created the spy genre. It like yeah. as as we know it today, like all of the ripoffs, every single Bond movie, like everything that we think of as spy really comes from Goldfinger and yeah. that level yeah. of like balancing out the like the campiness and the goofiness and the superhero ish things and the girls and the gadgets and the Q Bond relationship. It's like that. that's the only time where Guy Hamilton at least got it uh, got it down to a science and made it work. Yeah, there's a good balance between uh, like tense moments and goofy moments, but I think it also has to do with the fact that the plot is going again. Uh, difference from uh, the first two, this plot is sort of going so fast that it doesn't let your brain register that what you're watching is incredibly stupid, <laughs> nonsensical. Yeah. I and, think that's what surprised me about this one is I, I always remembered it as like, oh, Goldfinger's the goofy one and it's good because it's so goofy. But then watching it again, I'm like, for a lot of the movie, the setting is very grounded. Bond and Goldfinger are like, arguing by a pool or a veranda and they're always like the relationships are always grounded. Like that's what makes it interesting is like what this movie does that a lot, a lot like, Oh God, I don't even know if Casino Royale, the Eon one does this is like, everyone's always like emotionally checking in with each other. And like the relationships, you're able to follow the relationships like so smoothly throughout with all the characters. And that's what makes you buy into like when Goldfinger is pointing a laser at Bond's balls. (laughs) Like it makes you, it makes you buy that shit. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, of, of talking in human moments and that's, I I think that's uh, part of it, right? Is that we think of Goldfinger as the quintessential James Bond movie. But if you think about it, like, what what do you think when you think James Bond is? He goes to all these different exotic locations and bangs all these different women and stuff. In this one, he goes to the Swiss Alps for a little bit. And then he goes to Kentucky. (laughs) And then he stays in Kentucky. Yeah, with That's a Colonel it. Sanders, your only atmosphere. You go from like Istanbul and from Russia with love to just Felix Leiter standing in front of a uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. He's just standing in front of Kentucky Fried Chicken, waiting <laughs> yeah. for Bond to do something. For all right. Well, that, I think that's what's interesting about the structure of this is that you kind of they they pack it all into like the first you know thirty minutes or so, uh, the stuff you kind of go in expecting. And then, and then you get, yeah, you get the, the Alps stuff, which is kind of a weird dead end in my yeah, opinion. That's... And then, and then, and then a lot of it is just about him of just observing Goldfinger. You just, you just following Goldfinger, you know? Yeah. It's basically, uh, waiting for like the point where Bond and Goldfinger, uh, shoot, shoot the plane with them fighting on the plane because you're just like, you want that release. You just want that release because you know that Bond really hates Goldfinger, mostly because he's a petty, like, slovenly asshole. And yeah. Goldfinger hates Bond because he keeps fucking with him. <laughs> and from the very first time they communicate with each other, it's just like, okay, okay, okay. 
And then finally, you're just like, yeah, beat the shit out of him. And then when he gets sucked out of the window, you're just like, yes, finally, fuck you. The funniest villain death scene in cinema history. No, 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 no. The funniest villain death scene is still Dr. Kananga inflating into a giant airman and blowing up. <laughs> this is second place, though. It's such a great image. <laughs> just oh! like well, yeah, the shot of him getting sucked out. Pushing Galore's in the front of the plane, being like, we're crashing. Did you shoot Goldfinger out a window? We should probably fix What that. happened? What's Goldfinger? Playing his golden hop. <laughs> no, uh, no, but no, but it's not just that he gets sucked out of a window. He gets sucked into the window, is stuck because he's fat, <laughs> and then he gets sucked out. <laughs> that's, the, that's the moment I was... It's, it's so... Yeah, it's Looney Tunes. Him just dangling there for a second like ah! <laughs> he's flailing and the shot of him like i think it is like a comp or maybe rear projection or something like yeah i think that's flying rear through the cabin yeah and it's sped up and it's pretty well done yeah, yeah no it, you're in it and, and it, it's a lot of like different tricks like packed into like five seconds yeah but uh but i yeah it is i think exacerbated by guy hamilton does love just like Shots too slow, just speed it up, you know. Yeah. In oh, he does that throughout. He speeds up. He speeds up James Bond. Is he like throwing a bird? Like there's. A oh one? yeah, no. In the very beginning, I know what shot you're talking about. The first time you see Bond take off the thing, and you see Sean Connery, he takes off the bird, and then they're just like, "This is too slow. Speed it up." <laughs> and then he he speeds up him falling out of the car. I think later when Anjab gets him, like throughout the movie, <laughs> is that? But the thing is, is that how much of that is Guy Hamilton and how much is that Peter Hunt? Because Peter Hunt he was doesn't also... do it in the other movies though, so it feels like more Guy Hamilton. Well, there are, there's a little bit here and there, I think, but like there's a little bit here and there, but may, maybe Guy Hamilton. But Peter Hunt was already like. If a shot is taking too long, just jump cut it. Who gives a shit? All that matters is the emotions of the scene. If like Cutting on emotion. Cutting yeah. on emotion. That's actually what he talked about, like editing the movies. He's like, I just cut on uh, the emotion. I could give a crap about continuity because it's pointless. It's either the scene is boring or I cut just based on the flow of the scene. And like, this is like, well, let's do that. But let's, let's add even more speed ramps. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually... Um... I, I watched uh, at least half of this uh, with my dad. My dad is uh, a, a filmmaker, so he's very aware of these things. Mm -hmm. So at the at, but at the beginning of the movie, he was just going like, "Oh yeah, Goldfinger, I love it. This is the real James Bond, not not, not this other guy, this other James Blonde that we have now, and whatever." <laughs> <laughs> and then. You know, halfway through, he's just like, I can't do this anymore. If I see another jump cut, I'm going <laughs> to cut my veins. And he just left. <laughs> <laughs> That's the magic goldfinger. Yes. It, it drives you insane. He also said, man, movies in the 60s were so ugly. <laughs> I I don't think, no, the, the goldfinger, I think even more so than in Dr. No and For Much With Love, it's... It's the best looking of those three. I actually will say that I, I will agree with Jan's dad. I love Goldfinger. I think it's better than the first two movies, but there's no visible beauty or lighting. It's all very plainly shot, which is fine. I I, I kind of agree, especially when you get yeah. to something like On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which is shot with a lot of flair. Yeah, no, uh, On Her Majesty's Secret yeah. Service is like, let's just step it up 
like to yeah. hear. Unless you're like a real movie. <laughs> Peter Hunt goes insane. But I'm saying like in terms of like the first three Bond movies, it's better looking. And a lot of that might have to do with Ken Adam. Oh yeah. Well, you get more sense of scale. This movie is where the scale comes back into the production design. It's like the yeah. ending of Dr. No, even though you don't have a crazy sci-fi layer, sort of, Everything in this movie is so big and expansive, and it seems like you're in such a cool world in every setting you're in that it definitely, again, you feel you're in a larger-than-life experience. The Fort Knox yeah. set is is still uh, really spectacular. fucking cool. <laughs> Thank God Ken yeah. Adam came back after, because uh, he, he couldn't do For Much With Love because he got hired by some little-known filmmaker... Some fucking weeb called Stanley Kubrick, and he's like, "Do you want to do my movie called Doctor Strangelove?" Boring. Go back to Bond. That movie's in black and white, isn't it? Talk about movies that look like shit. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Wait, I'm confused. We're not supposed to nuke people. That's not what Oppenheimer told me. <laughs> Einstein will return. I I walked out <laughs> of Oppenheimer just like Logan Paul. They're just talking. Yeah, nothing happened. They're just talking. Yeah, and, and and Goldfinger, they're doing all sorts of things. Yeah, they're talking on a pool, they're talking at a table. They're talking at a golf course. Yeah, it's a it's an epic roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> Two great, uh, dialogue-heavy, yes. arch-conservative films. Delightful. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, God. Well, all right. I think it's valid to bring this up now. I think we can go into it now. Oh, God. Is I it... will argue that, much like as we've said, this movie goes to another level because Gert Frobe is, like, the Bond villain. Harold Sakata? Harold Sakata, yeah. Harold Sakata is the Bond villain henchman. Fantastic. And I would argue Honor Blackman, the first woman besides Lois Maxwell to get to keep her voice in a Bond movie. That is true. It finally makes the Bond girl character like a match for Connery. Like she is the first one who is not like depicted as a giant baby. Like she can handle Connery and I appreciate that. That's true. That's yeah. why I feel like whenever a new James Bond movie comes out now, the current Bond girl says something in the behind the scenes like this is a different kind of Bond girl. This is this is a Bond woman. This is a, a Bond girl that can take care of herself. Like, she's not just and it's just like dude, they've been doing this since nineteen uh sixty what is it four? Sixty four, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I, like granted, there's problematic aspects yeah. to, to this yes. character. But this myth that the Bond girl has always been this like damsel in distress until the daniel craig era is a myth well it's, <laughs> like, it's yeah. a complete myth because you have well you have pussy galore you have holly goodhead you have anya yes. anya agent triple x you have freaking you have the computer hacker from natalia Golden yeah i was gonna natalia <laughs> i was about to say that you have yeah. Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh. Oh yeah, Michelle Yeoh. Fucking Michelle Yeoh. Like, Waylin. Jinx. You're also forgetting the first Bond girl, who's also a villain. Spoilers. Electric King. Yeah, Electric wow. King. Right. Guys, forget that before World is not enough. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm forgetting it already. That hasn't happened yet. Um, but wait, speaking of Tomorrow Never Dies, this movie and and Goldfinger's treatment of women, uh, this movie does fully set up the dichotomy of girl Bond meets dies. Ah. Yeah. Bond's going to meet someone else. That is true, which for some reason people think happens in every movie. 
Which but it starts with Goldfinger. It starts with Goldfinger. Yes. It's uh, the sacrificial lamb, as we call them. You know what I noticed this time watching? When uh, Jill Masterson gets painted in cold and dies after Bond tells her... My dear girl, there are some things that just aren't done, such as drinking Dom Perignon 53 above a temperature of 38 degrees Fahrenheit. That's as bad as listening to the Beatles without earmuffs. And then she dies, and that's the last thing she hears is this horrible music criticism from <laughs> James Bond. But no, the weird thing is when she dies, what I noticed this time is he calls Felix, and Felix is like, oh... Dink died. No, it's he calls him on the phone. He's like, the girl's dead. And then the first reaction that Felix has is, Dink? No, Masterson. Jill Masterson. The girl's dead. Dink? Masterson. Jill Masterson. It's funny how they decided they're like, oh, well, no. Well, Felix never met Jill, so he's going to say Dink. And we're just going to. Oh my God, Bond, you dog. Dink is dead? Dink. Because in any other circumstances, in any other movie, they wouldn't even bother to bring up Dink again. <laughs> Who, I, I, okay, I'm going to go back to Dink really quick. Oh, yeah, we have to go back to Dink. I'm going to go back to Dink. Hi, Dink. The slap that Sean Connery, oh, yeah. I love how loud the slap is. It's so loud. It is comically loud when he's like, man talk. Man talk. It looks like a slight tap, but then the soundtrack <laughs> is just... <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a punch. This guy Hamilton thinks this is a joke. Yes. So it becomes yeah. a huge joke moment. Th this is also the one where James Bond is like the grossest. I think. Like, I watched all three of this uh, of these movies with my wife, and and this one was definitely the one where she kept going the most. Like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <was> like. <laughs> Again, the first two movies are trying to keep some pretense of romance. Guy Hamilton at Goldfinger is going, no, this guy has an issue with women. Yeah. And he's sad. And the only woman who can tame him, or will he tame her, is Pussy Galore. Which, I would argue, from what I understand, this is Ian Fleming's most misogynist James Bond book, from my understanding. Yes. Uh, it's actually, well, all of them. All of them are... <laughs> But this one! I, I still haven't read Goldfinger, but I'm sure it is very misogynistic. I, I also, we also know that Pussy Galore is a lesbian in the book, explicitly. And so is Tilly Masterson in the book. Well, Tilly Masterson doesn't die in Switzerland like she does in the book, or like she does in the movie. In the book, she continues living, and she's there at the Fort Knox thing, and she dies because... I don't really know what happens because I haven't read it yet. So it's all yeah. like hearsay. But Tilly Masterson dies because she's like, no, I can't go leave this without pussy. And then she like dies because she's so in love with pussy galore. Wow. <laughs> and uh, Ian Fleming goes into his uh, thing of not believing that homosexuality is real and that it's all <laughs> it's like a thing because of trauma or I will something you. like that. <laughs> Ian Fleming believed that lesbians don't exist and all they need is a good proper British gentleman or yeah. something, which is, yeah. Wait, wait, didn't Ian Fleming give Bond a monologue, I think in Goldfinger, where he's like, all these people are confused by sexuals because we allowed women to vote. Well, like, Ian Fleming um, is, is not like, <laughs> how to say this? He, he's not with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's not what we call a bleeding heart liberal. 
Yeah, no, uh, reading, reading the books is just like, oh, this is like the unadulterated thoughts of this, uh, perverted British gentleman who's hates anybody that is not a British gentleman, basically. A British heterosexual gentleman. Yeah. The kind of British gentleman who at first got really upset when they cast a Scottish man as James Bond. Yeah. That's how much of an English gentleman he was that that was confronted. Yeah. How have Zoomers not tried to cancel Ian Fleming and James Bond? Because no one cares about James Bond anymore, Jan. They could blow James Bond up in a movie and like they wouldn't even spoil it online probably. Oh yeah, no. That'd be stupid if they did it. Yeah, no one would notice. But Yeah, that would be pretty that'll be the day that that would mean that we've wasted so much of our time in our lives dedicating talking to james bond yeah i mean i write him i write james bond a letter every week and i'm like james why why did you do all those things and he never writes me back he's never going to be held accountable for his many crimes for his well they did the Ian Fleming estate recently they republished the bond novels and they've made new abridged versions where <laughs> they cleaned them up oh no it's, how long are they three pages i that's the thing is like <laughs> uh I, I looked at the live and let die because I, I i read live and let die a few months ago the original version and i looked i'm like i'm curious what did they change i'm like i think they got rid of an entire chapter <laughs> And, and it, 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 it was the chapter where, where they play golf just because it's boring. Yeah, but all basically. the problematic stuff is yeah. still in there. Morgan Paul <laughs> thought it was boring. Yeah, no, a lot of people were upset by that, but I'm like, you can still find the original text. It's it's not it's not hard. It's not, I guess, you know? Part of me is yeah. just like, I guess, what's your goal in reading the Ian Fleming James book? Who's the person who's like, I yeah. want nice, leisurely Ian Fleming James Bond books? Because, you know, they've made newer James Bond books, so you could just... Read the ones that weren't written by bigots. Yeah. I don't get the point of getting a censored version of the bigot one. Right. A cozy, rainy night in with with James Bond, the most racist, (laughs) misogynist character of all time. (laughs) That was what I was going to say. I feel like in some ways, yeah, Goldfinger is like a preview of where we're kind of been with Hollywood for like, you know, what, 10 years or so where it's like we have to we all know and love this character. But also we have to fix them. And maybe the way to fix them is to make it really dumb on purpose, you know, so that yeah. like it, you, 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 but we're still going to do all the stuff, you know? Well, it's, yeah. it's exactly like, uh, yeah, like you said, it's like the Disney remakes, which is like, we have so much reverence for the original property, but it's also old and it sucks. So we're going to change it. We're going to fix it. Well, we there must mention that, that still the barn scene is extremely, extremely uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, it's yes. not great. It's not uh, great. True. They they diminish the effects, but it's designed to be that way. The, yes, yeah. it's stylistically designed to be that way. They try to diminish the effects of it, but it's it, there's nothing that you can do. And the fact that they play uh, goofy music over it makes it worse in my opinion the fact that he just shoves her into the fucking hay and you just hear like a it's like oh my goodness what is gonna happen yeah yeah uh yeah the point is honor blackman fantastic actor i don't think she gets enough credit for elevating the james bond franchise in the way that she did if anyone else had played pussy galore like this movie would be i hate crime 
And like Paul said, she's she's the only one that does anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Having her real voice is also feels like really a strong choice. Like just because it is like kind of raspy and, and kind of yeah, like yeah. Uh, almost yeah. mid-Atlantic. It sounds, you know. Well, she gives she's able to give a performance. And Honor Blackman, part of why she's in this movie is because she was the original co-lead. I, maybe not the original, but definitely the first one to become famous on the Avengers. On the Avengers, yeah. And then she got replaced by Diana Rigg, I think, when she went to go meet Goldfinger. And she she also doesn't have this, like, uh, baby face. No, she's not a baby. Stuff. Well, she's older than Sean Connery. Yeah. yeah, she looks like a high school principal, but yeah. in a good way. Yeah. yeah. She's kind of scary. Right, M's the headmaster and 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 Pussy Galore is is the teacher, yeah. you know. Yeah. Right. And was uh was Jill Masterson also older than Connery like just in general, except for Tilly Masterson, may she rest in peace. Uh I feel Shirley e- Easton, Shirley Eaton. Shirley Eaton. Shirley Eaton and Honor Blackman do bring a maturity Kind of like what Money Penny brings, which works better than you know when they put Sean Connery next to an eighteen-year-old who doesn't know what she's doing, and you're like, does she even know how to speak English? Or she's like playing, or like they're playing like as a child, yeah, you know, like oh, yeah. I'm confused. Underneath the mango tree, I think <laughs> yeah. in Doctor No, she's just like looking for shells, right? She's well, like no, a... in Doctor No, in the original book for Doctor No, I think they say she was traumatized into having like. A learning disability or something. Yeah. Like, Honey Rider's intellectually a child in the book of Dr. No. This series is so fucked. (laughs) This is why I'm like, everyone picks on Goldfinger, but I'm like, guys, it's in every one of these. You gotta... Oh man, it's it, it it comes with the comes with the territory. And reading the books, and I will continue to share my thoughts in the books as I keep going in the series. But I can confirm. Wait until we get to the Live and Let Die episode. I might have to call in sick. You have my permission to get me out of that. We'll get demonetized before we get monetized. It is so appalling, <laughs> the book, at time. It is... It's not great. Not a great look. Not a great plan. Before we get off the topic of Bond girls and Bond women, I do want to point out that... Racism. Uh, we'll get to the racism. But Dink... <laughs> Mar- played by Margaret Nolan, is also the actual woman in gold in the opening credits of Goldfinger. That is... Oh. Uh, and Margaret Nolan, Honor Blackman, and Sean Connery all died in 2020. Like, they were wiped out. Like, that cast was wiped out in 2020. Hot take. Uh, this is not one of my favorite Bond songs. What? Whoa. You, well, you're allowed to be wrong. I it's, mean... Uh, usually I'm all for d- differing opinions. I've read... <laughs> I've read the Ian Fleming books, but explain (laughs) yourself. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's cool and all, but I I like I like uh, the smoothness of Diamonds Are Forever and Moonraker a little bit more. What? This one just kind of bursts my eardrums. Wait, did you just put Moonraker above Goldfinger? Yeah, that I said. No, I I trigger warned you guys. It did not work. But those are. Pale imitation. You can't you can't yell back at us, Troy. He said those hot are the pale things. imitations because they water it down. The whole genius of Goldfinger is just surely bad. It's like I get it. It's like it's iconic, but I don't listen to it while I jog. You know the. Are you listening to Moonraker while you jog? It's a nice song. <laughs> Moonraker's a nice song, but it's like Valium compared to Goldfinger. Yeah, exactly. That's just like fucking snorting cocaine. <laughs> 
Again. <laughs> it doesn't really get me... I don't know, this intro doesn't get me pumped like the previous two. I, I will say that the one downside... I mean, I still like the intro to Goldfinger a lot, but the, the one thing that's missing, it has every single ingredient of a Bond movie, but you need to have the Maurice Binder-style sequence. As much as we like the Robert Brown John job on From Rush With Love, Goldfinger is... We talked about it last time. This one's not as good, yeah. Oh, I thought it was better. What? What? It's so many hot takes. It's like the most iconic opening in, like, the franchise is the clips from the movie playing on gold? Yeah, it's it's iconic, but it's not as fun as the last one. They're not jiggling the, their bellies and doing stuff with their legs. Jiggle. I like seeing Honor Blackman and Sean Connery in gold. Here's the thing. It's like, if, if you're really looking at, like, the series as a whole... And you're just like, when you think of a Bond opening, you think of silhouette women, guns, you know, that sort of thing. And I mean, the the image of the, the golden girl in the opening is is cool, but you're kind of like thinking in the context of like the the other openings. And you're like, ah, that's that's all it is. It's all it's all just projected images. And some of them aren't even from Goldfinger. There's one shot of from Rush with Love in there. Yeah, but there's the shot of the helicopter. It gets you reacquainted with the character. <laughs> it's like Spider-Man 2. No, but it isn't. It isn't. But it Not is. at all. No. You're, you're, you're thinking of Honor Majesty's Secret Service where it goes like... It doesn't, it doesn't have the <laughs> dynamic quality. And she's not moving at all, right? She's yeah. not... Yeah. She can't move because she's dead because she's painted in gold. It's a plot point. That wasn't Dink, Troy. Dink's alive. That is Dink. That is Dink in the opening credits. It's Margaret Nolan. It's Dink. Dink. He got both of them. <laughs> the title sequence is Felix's Nightmare. Felix is like, Dink! No! <laughs> Okay, I, I would like it more if this was uh, Felix Leiter dressed, uh, painted in gold. <laughs> Does he have, like, a chicken wing in his mouth? Yeah. And we just see images of Kentucky Fried Chicken projected onto him. It, instead of uh, the explosions at the end, it's just, like, chicken being deep fried. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> I think we have to address the elephant in the room and say that part of why Goldfinger is the best Bond so far is because, for better or worse, it's the most American. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, most of it happens in Graceland, and then, like, when they're having their chase scene, when uh, the CIA is uh, following Oddjob and Mr. Solo, they're in this ugly fucking street. <laughs> it's like underpass. Yes, it's yeah. delightful. It looks awful. But it's funny, <laughs> the junkyard was actually shot in Miami. Yeah. Yeah, they really went to Miami, but they just didn't bring any of the actors. They didn't bring yeah. any of the the only person they yeah. brought was the guy who played Felix. Cause the only shots of the actual hotel are him walking through the hotel, and everything else is either a set or a rear projection. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a fucking Elvis movie where he goes abroad, but <laughs> Colonel Tom Parker didn't let him leave. That's what I thought. I was thinking about this. Because Jake always tells me, oh, no, Troy, this mo Goldfinger is much prettier than from Russia with Love. And then I'm watching it, and I'm like, this is Viva Las Vegas. This looks yeah. like Viva Las Vegas. It, lo it looks like fun in Acapulco. Why does it look like Vegas? Yeah. <laughs> Why does it look like Vegas? But gold is gold. He gold. only gold. But I, I another uh, but part of my very in-depth research, I think Wikipedia said that I don't understand 
what this means, but they were like they were targeting American audiences more for some reason. That would make sense. And it made a bond billion dollars. Money. Yeah. I can see why they were doing that because they were building an audience with the first two. Bond didn't become you know the the thing like the thing like the biggest thing ever until Goldfinger. It was like yes. Uh, right. That was the one where they're just like, okay, so it's not just weird British B-movie. This is a real movie. <laughs> Apparently, theaters yeah. at the time had to play Goldfinger like 24-7 to, to meet demand. Like, people were losing it over Goldfinger. Yeah. People were in. I guess it worked. Yeah, I don't know if it was like... I don't know if anything changed with like the financing of these movies, but like... They so had like, a $1 million increase. So... Doctor No cost a million bucks or under a million. Uh, From Russia with Love was around two million. This was three million, and it Ooh. all went into Goldfinger's pool table. It all went. Oh yeah. It all went into that little rocky horsey that the gangsters riding on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I realize this time the pool table flips around. It's got a control panel. There's like six buttons on it. You know, yeah. it's mostly just you know black plastic. Yeah. Or whatever. Just anyway. switches. Roger Ebert has this thing in his review when he put Goldfinger in his great movie series, like right next to the Gospel According to St. Matthew, where it belongs. <laughs> uh, but he put this thing in his review where he's like, I don't know why Goldfinger built that whole presentation for the mafia if he's just going to kill the mafia afterwards. I guess he just wanted to give a little presentation. I, I, I was yeah. going to say, what the fuck is up with that? He's just like, here's my old plan. Then he kills all of them. He takes out the whole American mafia. It's it's weird because <laughs> he built all that stagecraft into his room. Because he's just he owes them all money that he, he probably used to do Operation Grand Slam, and he's like, "I'm gonna return on your investment." Now you die because we learned that the nerve <laughs> gas is actually deadly because Goldfinger it doesn't give a fuck. He's like, yeah. but this nerve gas is deadly," and he's like, "I, I don't give a shit." Over 2,000 people die in car wrecks a year. Ah, that's a cold line. I love that line. Oh, uh, I was going to say also, uh, Gert. Gert Frobe. Gert, we love him. Go, Gert. Go, Gert. Grab and glur. But, you know, is, is Goldfinger like my, you know, one of my favorite villains of all time? Maybe not. But the line, I, I, I'm paraphrasing, but I think he says he's like, man has gone to the farthest reaches of yes. every human endeavor except crime. It doesn't get much better than that yeah. as far as yeah. villain monologues, like in any movie. Oh, yeah. He's an artist. Goldfinger is an artist. He is just the most petty piece of shit uh, criminal mastermind. <laughs> he's just some guy. Why does he give, uh, if he's just going to kill all the gangsters, why does he give Mr. Solo the special treatment? That's what I, uh, well, because feel... uh, he didn't want to stay. And so they're like, yeah. well, we're going to kill everybody else. So uh, <laughs> plan B. We load him into a car, we shoot them, and then we... We put him in a car, in another car. The mass of that car, that truck would not be able to drive off with that, with that crushed Lincoln Continental. It's funny, I was thinking to myself, the one moment where I thought the movie dragged a little bit was that sequence where, because Mr. Solo left the room when everyone else got killed, you get an extended 15-minute sequence of odd job, like, taking him out. But you know what? I still love it because Sukata's performance as Oddjob in that scene with his little smiles and yeah. like he's very focused on his task and it's like the heist in Rafifi 
You're really focused on how Oddjob is going to crush this show. You might say <laughs> that this is indeed an, a random task. Oh. Or an oh. Oh. I don't get it. It's an odd job, Jan. A what? That's his name. It's his name. He, His name is Odd Job. He only has one name. I don't understand. Anyways, <laughs> uh, the, the Aston Martin yep. uh, was the biggest selling toy from Corgi Toys in 1964. Oh, we haven't there even talked go. about the Aston Martin. Or yet. a Q. Or Q. Oh, yeah. That's, that's my way to segue into it. Woohoo! Okay. Woohoo! So let's <laughs> talk about Q. So we had Major Boothroyd show up in Dr. No. He returned in From Rush With Love, now played by Desmond Llewellyn, uh, and he's just some guy. And now he's back here, and now the relationship has soured <laughs> sometime, some, yeah. and it is the way that it should be, and we get to love it. Bond and Q at each other's throats because Bond cannot help but destroy all of Q's gadgets. <laughs> Which is what they're for. <laughs> they are standard equipment. It costs the British government like thousands, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars to create these things. Sometimes millions. No, now they're putting, or now he's getting like a decked out Eston Martin with machine guns and oil slicks and red button ejector seats. Yeah. <laughs> And it gets com completely destroyed. Yeah. I like that uh, Desmond Llewellyn was an old man since 1963. Oh, I love that too. Like he just came out that he's way. He's just always yeah. elderly. <laughs> he's he's always old and cranky, and he just stayed there until like the world is not enough. I think. <laughs> yeah, no. In, in world's not enough. One of his last scenes is when he goes like, "I've always tried to teach you two things. First, never let them see you bleed." And the second? Always have an escape plan. And he presses a button that's an elevator. And I like yeah. to think that he's being lowered into his grave. Into hell. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like Plato's suicide. He's uh, he's got his he's got his tricks. I think I again I, I read I read something that like literally um he you know, Guy Hamilton asked like the crew and like his kids, like, what's all the stuff you want in a car? And they just put all of it in, right? <laughs> The ejector seat is so much fun. Now, if you take the top off, you'll find a little red button. Whatever you do, don't touch it. It makes the movie more suspenseful, I think, where the Aston Martin is pretty much played out by the midpoint. Yeah. Unlike in From Russia With Love, where you have the suitcase and he never uses it until <laughs> Red Grant, and then he uses all of it, and you're like, right. oh, okay, I guess well, he yeah. had that. In that, it was like, like that's like the whole payoff of like the movie is like seeing yeah. like the suitcase do all the things. Right. In this, it's like, yeah, it's like he's got like a mission that again is like kind of a weird dead end, but like he does he does all the stuff, you know. And then we get into big time Mr. Goldfinger territory. He's like, what does he say? Yeah, you must be joking. Eject to see you're joking. I never joke about my work, 007. Right. And then with Pussy Galore, he says, I must be drinking. So, like, multiple times, Bond is almost looking at the camera. And going like, like, what? Yeah, it, it, it invented the Marvel formula. Yeah. I mean, this whole movie, I mean, you can see why it became a formula, because, I mean, this whole movie, again, is so improved by the fact that every single person, even, like, Odd Job and Miss Money Penny, everyone is calling James Bond on his shit in this movie. Unlike in the other movies where he's like, you're a baby. You're a foreigner. I'm better than all of you. In this movie, he's like, oh, what the f Oh, no, I messed up again. 
Oh, everyone's insulting me. Oh, God. He just, he just fails upwards. And again, it all culminates <laughs> in the end where, like, they... they <laughs> he, he tries to defuse the bomb, doesn't know how. No. Some yeah. other guy does it for him. Yeah. With seven seconds, 007 seconds left. Uh, and then they wave and send him off on a plane. And they're like, good job, Bond. You're going to meet the president or something. No, no, no. It's even better. It's just like, you're going to be, the, the, the president wants to thank you and have lunch. I already talked to the stewardess, uh, liquor for three. And then Bond goes like, what about the other two? And Felix is like, oh, there are no other two. <laughs> <laughs> because Bond is a raging drunk. Yeah, they know he's a drunk. They love him. Give Bond credit. He did let the CIA know that Operation Grand Slam was a thing, even though he's mostly held prisoner the entire time and is handcuffed to an atomic device. And then when he's freed and kills Ajab, doesn't know how to do it. And it's just by sheer luck. I, yeah. I want to say before we move away from the plane thing, I love the line when he goes onto the plane and he sees Goldfinger on the plane. He's like, Goldfinger, are you meeting the president? <laughs> Congratulations on your promotion, Goldfinger. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I had another uh, Mandela effect thing in my mind where like for some reason I remember as a kid that Goldfinger came out dressed like a stewardess and when he turned around James Bond was like Goldfinger kind of like, <laughs> like like the Joker Jan like the Joker yeah like the Joker I I think that's it I I think that diamonds are forever I'm pretty sure Blofeld does something like this in Diamonds Are Forever in Diamonds Are Forever he kidnaps Jill St John yeah by disguising himself as an old lady so she gets in like a taxi with him and then she's like ah and then it's charles gray in drag oh my god you know who's a great old lady the old lady who is committed to goldfinger's bit oh just, my like, god a that... old lady with a submachine gun she, what, what is, oh, yeah. she works the gates of yeah, his she plant works the gates and then she the pulls out. out like a <laughs> she pulls out a machine gun and just oh, dives in front of the Esther martin and just shoots <laughs> It's great. Oh, God. Everyone in this movie is just so committed to the bit. And I was just thinking about the Fort Knox thing where Ajab, like, he just throws that guy off a balcony because he is committed to the bit. He is committed to the mission. He is not stopping. He is unrelenting. And then, oh, my God, Ajab's death. Okay, two cool things about Ajab's death. One... I, I always forget that that's payoff to the teaser because Bond kills Oddjob the same way he kills the guy in the teaser by electrocuting him. Shocking. Shocking. Positively shocking. And also, uh, Harold actually was being shocked to death in that scene. The bars were actually electrocuted so when his hat got stuck in it. It went through him, and he actually got shocked. And that's why people will say you can see Sean Connery looking very concerned when Ajab dies because he thinks he's dying for real. <laughs> he's like, oh, my God, no. Broccoli's, what have you done? What have you done? <laughs> they went method. They're like, Sean, you're never going to give a, a realistic performance. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's the best acting I've ever seen. I thought he was dead. I thought I killed him. That was the best acting I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, uh, Guy Hamilton said he was actually hurt do doing the stunt. 
And then he called cut. And then he's just like, oh shit, wait. You were getting burned? He's like, yeah, but you never yelled cut. And El Cicada said that to him. Going like, you never said cut, so I kept holding on. <laughs> what a true fucking professional. Commitment. He's Commitment great. to the bit. So underrated. He's so good. Someone uh, needs to do an edit where the end credits roll over Odd Job's dead body that they never recovered from. <laughs> <laughs> He's, they'll find him in in a, in in a thousand years when they loot the gold. <laughs> He's, he's a wonderful henchman. No, he's the gold standard. He's better than Red Grant. Everyone always hypes up Red Grant, but Red Grant's just like a giant baby. I like Red Grant. He's good, but like he's not odd job. I don't know. I like odd job more. He's but so I resilient. Like... Yeah. Odd job again. He's like smirking. He's like reacting to Bond. He loves his work. Everyone in this movie is just so capable, and that's ah. Yeah. Just I... wait till we get to Jaws. It's all. It's a whole other story. Well. Odd Job never fell in love. This That's is right. not the only movie where Odd Job appears. Can anyone <laughs> guess Wait. what the other one is? Okay, Connery. No. Okay. What? It's the 1999's Inspector Gadget. Wait. <laughs> Wait, why is Odd Job in Inspector Gadget? Oh, because uh, at the very end, well, Richard Keel is there too. Wait, what? Yeah, he's yeah. at the mid credit scene. Wait, there's a mid credit scene? There's a mid credit scene in Inspector Gadget. The Sykes, the minion, uh, Dr. Claus minion, goes to a rehab for minions and henchmen. Okay. And so, like, it cuts Whoa. to, like, uh, like, a crowd of people, like, sitting on, like, sitting on folding chairs, listening to uh, the evil henchman give a speech, going, like, it's been 30 days since I've ever minioned for anybody. And they're all cheering, going, like, yay! <laughs> and I missed that. Well, yeah. I need to watch that movie. That's the Ballad of Odd Job. Nice. All right. Final thoughts. Oh, yeah. we kind of went off course with uh, Desmond Luone, but the one thing I wanted to bring up with him was that it was Guy Hamilton's idea to change the relationship between Q mm -hmm. and Bond because Desmond Llewellyn came in. He's like, he did. Uh, he was doing the scene like, oh, good morning, 007. Let me explain. And he's like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. And Desmond Luone's like, why? But, but it's James Bond. He's like, a, you know, he's James Bond. And Guy Hamilton's like, no. You don't like him because all your gadgets get destroyed and you fucking hate his guts. <laughs> Keep that in mind. And that is how we got the the Q Bond relationship. Stroke of genius. I, I do love having the MI6 relationships all in place, even though I still feel Connery does not genuinely like any of these people. Uh I like having the relationships in place. It's so nice to have Q given the gadgets, Bernard Lee being stern, and Money yeah. Penny hitting on James Bond right after listening to him talk about how his last girl he dated died. She is still committed to hitting on him. It's ridiculous. Yeah, the sexual harassment in the workplace is insane. In yeah, he, he's going to have to file something. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's the victim. And we're the only brave ones. We're the only brave ones to say that in Goldfinger, James Bond is just being mistreated by all He's so victimized women. by all these people. Oh and Germans, God. who are British. And dubbed by Austrians? Like Michael Collins! <laughs> <laughs> just imagining Irish revolutionary Michael Collins going, first, I must dub Goldfinger, then 
Irish independence. They depicted this in the film Michael Collins with Liam Neeson. <laughs> Liam Neeson has to play Goldfinger. <laughs> well, final thoughts? Um, like last time, let's rate the movie. And mm-hmm. the toupee. Yeah. Okay, so I'll start. First of all, the toupee. What the fuck? What the fuck happened? It's like the worst one so far. It, it looks horrible. It like it doesn't match the color of his hair. There's like a weird strand coming out of it. I think he did something to his eyebrows too that makes him look weird. He, he looks like uh, Joey Tribbiani in that episode of Friends where he gets his eyebrows plucked. I don't know. He just he looks strange in this movie. It's it's a three out of ten for me on the toupee. Whoa, whoa! I didn't know you're allowed to go that low. I can go lower. Wait, you're wait. gonna have to. The toupees aren't going to get better. Wait till uh, diamonds are forever. Oh, wait till never say never again. Oh my god! <laughs> I forgot we were gonna talk about that. Uh, anyways, I give Goldfinger an eight out of ten. I think uh, it's very goofy. It's very fun. It's very fast-paced. It established a lot of tropes. Uh, I don't have much against it. It's just weird. It's 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 an odd movie that I really enjoy watching. A remnant from its time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, for one, give Never Say Never Again Never an 8 out of 10. No, not really. That movie sucks. It sucks it ass. Uh, we'll get there. Ir- <laughs> Irvin Kirshner, you will pay. Anyway. Uh, Connery's toupee. I'm in agreement with Jan. It's a three out of ten for me. It doesn't match my praise of the first two toupees. Uh, was that they they felt kind of lifelike. So when he got into tussles, some of it like flicked down on his forehead, and it looked convincing. The hair does not move at all this time. Nope. Uh, he's a razzling odd job, and not one single strand falls down. Not even a freaking like curly Q falls down on his forehead, which takes me out of the movie almost brings this movie to a two out of 10, but who am I kidding? This is like the fucking, this is the gold standard. No pun intended of the bond movies. It's my third favorite in the entire series. It's one of my favorite movies in general. It is a movie that is so buys into its own weird universe and you're along for the ride. It, it's it's funny, but it doesn't go too hard on the ridiculousness. It's a complete sugar rush of a movie where you're just, from beginning to end, it's just nonstop, like, weird images, weird sequences, lasers, girls, buns, toupee, whatever. There's a reason why every single Bond movie is a ripoff of this one. That's why I give it a 9.5 out of 10. Whoa. Actually, no. What am oh. I saying? Jake, it's one of your favorite movies. Sorry, I had a I had a stroke. For a second, I, read... I was going to say, Jake, what are you doing? No, 10 out of 10 for me easily. One of the best Bond movies in general. One of my favorite movies in general. All right. Man talk now. Um, Yes. In terms of toupee, I didn't really notice much going on now. Uh, it didn't really move. It's very cartoony, but this is a very cartoony movie. So I'm giving it a 6.3 out of 10. Generous. It gets, done. it gets the job done and there will be more to fall. 6.3 for 1963. The movie that is not the year this came out. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. 
Um, but no, yeah, I concur. Goldfinger, when I was first going through the Bond movies, I'm like, what? what's the big deal? And then I got to Goldfinger, and you know what? This movie's just fun. And revisiting it for a second time, it is so much fun. It is crazy. Guy Hamilton realizes that James Bond is a ridiculous figure, and he's like, yeah, go for it. Everything is amped up to 11. Everything is great. The villain is larger than life. The women are the Bond girls you imagine. That, that's basically what you imagine. You imagine Bond girls. It's these women. And the scheme and the action is so much fun. And really what I clued into this time, it's just a big playground of seeing capable people running around messing with each other. Because that's why we watch the James Bond movies. Capable people who are good at their jobs running around and getting into crazy hijinks and hating or having sex with each other. Often at the same time. So I give this movie... A 4.5 out of 5, a 9 out of 10. It's still in my top five favorite James Bond movies. We are not getting another Bond movie as good as this one for quite a while in this series. So settle in. I mean, it, maybe uh, No Time to Die will be good. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, but not in this series. We got to watch all of them, Jan. Oh, fuck. That's right. Yeah. No, it is both a great credit to Goldfinger that it's still one of the top five best James Bond movies but also a stark realization of what we have gotten ourselves into, that it is one of the top five best James Bond movies. We got miles to go, boys. We've got 21 official movies plus two unofficial movies to get through. Plus O.K. Connery. No, it has Troy, an stop, more stop trying to make O.K. Connery happen. It's never going to happen. O.K. Connery is going to happen, and I will be acclaimed as a savior for it. Well, Whoa. producer Paul, what did you think? Uh, I mean, basically, yeah, the, the toupee is, um, stiff. I agree. Uh, not the most convincing, but, you know, that's not really what I'm... It's true, the, uh... <laughs> the, the, the way it's photographed is, you know, everything's a little plasticky, you know? So that's, like, that's fine, you know? It's, it's, the, it's the early, mid-60s. Um, but yeah, it's like a 3 out of 10. Uh, the movie is... Good, better. It's it's the best so far. It is. I'm fascinated to revisit. Uh, I'll, next week will be fascinating because that's that's <laughs> Thunderfall. For some reason, I, every time I'm like, hmm, that was good. So it'll be interesting to see them in quick succession like this. Paul likes the slow and boring parts of Thunderball. You mean well, the whole movie? Hey, <laughs> hey, that's too far. What awaits us for next week is the best bond opening of all time yes as i yeah. as i said in my in the first episode it is the first bond movie i ever watched so the opening is something special and we'll get more into it next week what are you rating this paul oh yeah oh, it's, oh yeah, sorry paul <laughs> yeah reset reset <laughs> yeah it's like it's like a seven out of ten yeah i mean like this is not this is like what is 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 pretty good with again massive things that um are hard to watch and you yeah. know i mm -hmm. i would probably be a skip you know it's like it's like uh i don't fuck a tortured metaphor uh, an all-time classic album with you know a couple, a couple of skits. Like like a James Bond theme song. <laughs> I would agree album. with that. I, so. I I I mean that's why I keep it at nine out of ten too. It's like yes for those going in blind, Goldfinger, 
amps Bond up to 11, and James Bond is nothing if not a, a deeply problematic monster. But, well, yes, you know, it is. Yeah. It is a definitive version yeah. of a thing that is complex and, uh, you know, certainly not all great. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why this one's like good. It's like this one's being like this guy's not the hero. This guy does nothing. He's just cool. <laughs> yeah, he's just a cool guy. I'm been entertaining a theory that um, you know ranking the. Are great franchises in terms of how self-loathing they are, and oh. and where does James Bond fit into that? And how much they, they and how much they tonally shift from movie to movie? How each one is kind of a course correction. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Reaction and, to the last. And in terms of the the jokiness, but let's see if that goes anywhere. I'm not going to say that's an argument yet, but it is. Uh, the future Bond movies will be consistently changing its thing to be on top of whatever is popular at the moment that is a common thing we'll we'll see that later we won't see it in thunderball really they do do it in goldfinger because colonel sanders was taking the world by, by storm. storm yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> right cubby broccoli really liked kfc chicken. that's what killed him this is probably the last one where the movies did like invent things <laughs> like they did original things yeah from here on now they're just like copying other movies and other trends and goldfinger uh did, not, goldfinger. So, <laughs> not so much with thunderball not so much with the next couple i i i would say but later yeah, on but they are copying goldfinger well they're copying yeah, goldfinger that's yeah but that's it but we're upping the ante but we'll see okay. next week when we Look at the fourth James Bond film, Thunderball. Thunderball. It's going to be a fun one. There'll be Tom Jones. Jetpacks. Italians. Cyclopses. More men in drag. Claudine Auger. And Ian Fleming's lawsuit. Ooh. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about the lawsuit next week. Anyway, wrapping this up. I've been Jan. I've always been here. I'm Troy. I I still live in my mom's basement. I don't know why that's a negative. But not in Jan's basement. <laughs> oh, I wish. I mean, there's no more room in my basement. That's what you said the last time. No more room. Your cross space smells. No more room in, ba- in Jan's basement. <laughs> and I am, I am Jake. Uh, this has been You'll Only Listen Twice and signing off with Elon's This was a terrible idea for a podcast. Bye-bye now.